welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be here, isn't it? Good to be in the house of God. You might be tired after a long day or nursing a cold or frustrated by something or like me, a bundle of nerves up here. But uh, praise God, we're with the best person we could ever be with here tonight, with our blessed Savior. And he moves among us. He embraces us in all our frailty and infirmity. He is with us. Bless God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful privilege is ours tonight. So let's just pray and commit this uh, few, few thoughts to the Lord. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the opportunity to worship and glorify your name. And we just ask you now, Holy Spirit, that you'll help us. That you'll help us to speak your word, that you'll help us to hear your word, that you'll help us to absorb your word, and that whatever you want said, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to reach each one of us would reach us by your spirit, for it's not by might, it's not by eloquence or by good preparation. All of these things are useful, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come amongst us. Bless God. Amen. I have a one, effectively a one-word sermon tonight. (laughs) There'll be a little bit of elaboration with it, I have to say, but it's rejoice. Rejoice. That's my word tonight. So maybe we could just turn to Philippians chapter 4, please, and read a few verses from this very well-known portion. Philippians 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. This uh, scripture, it's, it's kind of like a North Star passage for me personally, you know, one that you keep going back to when you're drifting maybe a bit. I find it's like a roadmap for life. It kind of shines a direction for you when you wander off and when things kind of go off off, um, direction. And in, in some senses, I find it almost maps out your day. And we'll get into that a little bit. And it, it, to me, it, it kind of reflects the triumph and what, what are we rejoicing in? The triumph of grace in the entirety of who we are. In our whole outlook, in our anxieties, in our public behavior, and our private thoughts. These are these four aspects that I want to look at tonight. Just to give a little bit of a backdrop, I want to just give a very short personal testimony on how this scripture came to mean so much to me. This, a few years ago, I was going through a particular time in my life when 
there was a couple of matters were really, really bothering me, and I just couldn't sort them out. It was, you know, existential, spiritual matters, really, really important stuff. I couldn't, every day I would come to my quiet time with the Lord, and I would like dive straight into trying to sort out this issue, this problem, this dilemma that I couldn't fix in my head. I couldn't fix, I couldn't fix it in prayer. I couldn't fix it in the Word. I didn't seem to be able to get anywhere with it. And this went on for a number of weeks. I was just getting really going around in circles with this. Perhaps you know what that can be like at times. And I, I was chatting to uh, my wife, Sandra, one evening about this, and she shared with me something that had helped her in her life in, in, in recent time. And it was just this very, very simple um, suggestion that to start out, I mean, it's so simple, you might laugh at me, to start out when you come to have your time with the Lord by just worshipping him. Before I dived into my problem that I was trying to fix, worship the Lord. And I, I listened to her, um, and I decided, okay, I'm going to take a deliberate approach in my personal walk with the Lord. Before I start trying to fix this thing when I come, I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord, if you like. I'm going to worship him. As hard as I feel it is because I'm struggling with this thing, and you know what? It changed my life. This simple recommendation for me had a radical effect on my walk with the Lord. And it, it sort of almost just dissolved the issue uh, over time. So I want to encourage you along these lines. As I, you know, really simple things can make a big impact on our lives when they really go down into us, and when the Lord is speaking them to us. And it was this fact, worship the Lord first. First thing, <laughs> you get going, worship the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. So that's the, that's the kind of first point I want to make, that this rejoicing in the Lord, it's the triumph of grace in our whole outlook. It's like the starting point, the launch pad, whether it's for our, our whole outlook, whether it's for our day, rejoice in the Lord. This whole letter underlines joy. Paul is saying here, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice, and he's already said it. Back in chapter 3, he said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. So write the same things to you. I don't mind doing it. You, it's safe. And he goes on to say, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So this, I believe, it sort of captures the kernel of joy. We worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in the flesh. This is like it became for me the door opener to joy. In a sense, if, and if you'll excuse me for using a poker analogy in a, in a Christian sermon, but I couldn't think of a better one. We've, we've only got one card, and it's the Lord Jesus and what he's done for us. And we've gone all in, all our chips, 
are in on that. Everything. Nothing left for the flesh. No confidence. And you know what? In this we agree with God. The Father and the Son, as we have heard so wonderfully in the Word of God here in this church, have made a covenant and it excludes the flesh. It excludes us completely. It's between the Father and the Son. And that new covenant, it's a divine vote of no confidence in the flesh. It's a declaration of the all-sufficiency of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. It eliminates everything else. And you know, taking, embracing this, it's a door opener to joy. We are those who worship God in the Spirit, who rejoice in Christ Jesus. You know, you could take this, you know, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord today. I'm going to count my blessings. I'm going to think about all the good things he's done for me. And there's absolute value in that. But the real door opener to joy is not so much even rejoicing in the blessings of God. That's almost a secondary element. The primary joy is Christ Jesus and what he has done. And getting our eyes fixed on that right from the outset. Gluing ourselves and embracing this. The grace of God in Christ Jesus. Romans, uh, you know, kind of aligns with this when it speaks about what Christ has done for us. You know, these very well-known scriptures being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice. We rejoice in that grace. And later on it says, speaking about the reconciliation to God through his Son, it says, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. This is the joy. This is the joy. And having this big view of the grace of God in Christ Jesus, what he's done for us on Calvary, this, I believe, gives us the greatest scope for joy in the Lord. It's, it's the bedrock of joy. And joy is the, is, the, is the launching point of a day, of, a, of an experience, of a time with God. Rejoice in the Lord, even if you don't feel like it. And that's what I had to do in that time in my life, to turn around, put my foot out into the joy of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm rejoicing in what you've done for me. Whatever's going on, we may not, we absolutely may not be able to rejoice in the circumstance we're in, in the challenge we're facing, in the dilemma we can't solve. But we can always rejoice in the Lord himself. Always There's never a time we can't always rejoice in our life or in our circumstance, in our problem, in our physical health, but we can always, and that's why he says always, rejoice in the Lord always, because he is always rejoiceable in, always. And even in those circumstances, we can say, well, you know what, I can't rejoice in these circumstances, but I can rejoice in the Lord because I know he's going to do something in them. So in it, we're rejoicing in him. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? 
the grace of God. As Habakkuk says, though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit beyond the vine, produce of the olive tree might be failing, the fields yielding no food, the flock cut off from the fold, nor herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. 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 Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. So, we still have our problems. They're still waiting for us. <laughs> this is not a form of escapism. We're not saying you rejoice in the Lord and you just sort of ignore your problems. You turn around. But you know what? You're turning around from a different place. You're turning around to your problems from a place of establishing things in the right position. That Christ Jesus is here and he's my joy, he's my strength, he's my all. I bow before him. And from that place, I turn. And now I can face the problem. And far from ignoring our problems or somehow dismissing them and just say, oh, well, just praise the Lord and forget about it. It's not that, no. In fact, he goes on in verse 6 to say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Everything. Everything, everything, everything. If it worries us, if it troubles us, if we are anxious about it, we don't need to ignore it and have some kind of a stiff upper lip before God. If it troubles you and you're not praying about it, you need to hear this. Every little stupid thing that we think, well, I'm not going to bother the Lord with that because it's so ridiculous, it's so sinful. I'm ashamed of it. I'm embarrassed by it. If anyone heard me, in everything, be anxious for nothing, brothers and sisters. This has caught me out so often. I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's a man thing or not. I'm almost too proud to bring certain things to God. I'm nearly too proud to admit them. Be anxious for nothing in everything. If you're not praying about it and it's troubling you, you need to hear this. And the other part of it is, he knows the anxieties and the troubles. He knows them, but we must make them known to him. Let your requests be made known unto God. It's almost as if you have to say to yourself, God doesn't know and I have to tell him. Of course he knows. And this has stumbled me so often. I'm like, well, Lord, it's in my head, so you know it. It's troubling me, so you know it. Of course he does. But the scripture guides us into the paths of righteousness. And it says, make it known. Get it out. Pray it unto the Lord. We have to cast our care and burden on the Lord, the word of God. says, Not just somehow assume things. But we have to actually take it and throw it at the Lord, if you can see it like that. 
make it known to God. And then the peace of God enters the equation. Isn't it wonderful? That's the promise. The promise is not an immediate answer or resolution necessarily. The Lord will bring that. But the immediate promise is peace. Peace. The resolution or the answer may be completely different to what we expect. It may be in a manner and in a time frame that we do not expect or don't even necessarily like. But the immediate promise is peace. The peace of God. Which short circuits your understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the confidence then, you know, in that starting in this place of rejoicing that I think it's a confidence comes in your life, in the one you're praying to. Because it says, make these requests known, and and he's always saying this to us. Now thank him. Now thank him. With thanksgiving. Make the request and thank him. With thanksgiving. Hallelujah. So now we've got, if you like, we're moving through our day. We've, 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 we've rejoiced in the Lord. We've worshipped him. We've brought the anxieties and the cares of the day coming down upon us. We're bringing them to the Lord. He promises us peace. And now we move out, if you like, into, into our day, into the, into the world around us. And verse 5 always struck me as helping to address something to do with that. Let your moderation or... Uh, other translations say your, your gentleness, your reasonableness. Let it be known unto all men. So this is, this is an aspect of our life that's public. It's to all men and women, children, for everyone. Not just something private. So what about us is to be known and evident to all people? Is it our enthusiasm? Is it our super-righteousness? What is it? It's our gentleness, reasonableness, moderation. That's how we are to be, appear in public. And you know, I think this really does address something that can be a challenge for Christians. You know, because what we believe is so strong and so black and white, you know, we believe the truth. As far as we're concerned, it's the truth. Nothing else is the truth. But because of that, it's kind of easy to become obnoxious. And some of the most obnoxious people I've met have been super religious people. Maybe not necessarily Christians, but super religious people from other religious groups. Not, followed not far behind by legalistic or religious Christians. Unfortunately, that, we have to admit it. But we have no right in, the pub, in our public demeanor to be superior holier than thou, obnoxious, opinionated, standoffish, we have no right. Grace has done something extraordinary for a group of rotten, vile people. And that's all we are. We are the only difference between us and anyone else around us is the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God. And we have no right to ever get ahead of ourselves. The word of God says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. It's not that we're to be anemic or just nice people. It's seasoned with salt. It's to have the, the, 
the spice of the gospel in it, but it's to be always with grace. It's like that joy that we start out with, that rejoicing in the Lord of what he's done for us, infuses then into how we behave in public and creates this, this Christ-likeness. It really is what it is. Gentleness. There was no one so gentle as him, so ordinary, so one with the people. He was holy and he was not confused with any unholy thing, but he was absolutely a, a wonderful individual. And as Christians, I believe we should avoid being argumentative about religion, about politics, about issues of the day. We can certainly have our private views, but we shouldn't get in, be getting involved and bogged down in false wars around things like political leaders, vaccines, Brexit, the North, conspiracy theories, one world government, government control, all of these things that can sidetrack God's people, sidetrack us. And we just... We dent the effectiveness of the gospel. Our only ground of battle is the gospel, brothers and sisters. That's the only ground. And anything that reduces our effectiveness, any stand we take on a matter that doesn't really matter, that puts us in a position where we're taking sides against people who need the gospel, no. Our primary sense should be the gospel. The gospel and a demeanor that will enhance the effectiveness of the gospel so when you're meeting your friends in school or work or wherever you know you need to be careful you need to be careful there can be a harsh holier than thou sectarianism in our public demeanor that is not fitting that is not appropriate to the gospel the word of god says the lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone able to teach patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. This is his word. Hallelujah. Grace in our public demeanor. Grace in our anxieties. Grace in our outlook. Grace in it all. It's all grace, folks. Finally then, if you like the inner sanctum where grace even reaches into our private thoughts. Verse 8, he speaks of a brethren, whatever things are true, honest, etc., lovely, pure, think on these things. And if you like, this is our, you know, so often it's in the evening or at night, we think. Processing the day, our mind is working, we're kind of de decompressing, debriefing in our own heads. We're thinking about work, we're thinking about our co-workers, we're thinking about you know, how the day went, we're maybe stressed by things, maybe we're escaping into some, you know, movie binge. It's when our mind starts, you know, kind of going off on its own. Maybe we wake up in the night worrying about something. It's, it's that evening of the day, if you like, our private thoughts. And here we have the entrance of grace into the mind. This is not just some self-help verse. You know, when you're feeling bad, when you're feeling stressed, just be mindful. Just think happy thoughts, put on some dolphin music and think of good things. No, it's not this. No. It's not so much about what we think about. It is in a way. I mean, it's not so much about, I have this book to read and this book to read tonight. This one looks more, maybe a bit more edifying than this book. Of course, we should do that, but... That's not really the core of this. 
not so much what we think. It's about how we think. It's about the atmosphere of the mind, that inner place. And you know the wonderful thing about our salvation is it invades every dimension of our being. Religion is superficial. It's what's seen on the outside. What's seen on the outside. And, you know, in many ways, performance-based Christianity is all about the outside. It's all about how you appear, what you do. But grace and the power of the Spirit and the life of Christ and the joy of the Lord, it permeates through every dimension of our being into our very thought life. This is so wonderful. Who can regulate their thoughts? Who can... You know, Proverbs says, as we think within our, as a man thinks within himself, so he is. And if people knew at times our thoughts, but grace diffuses into the very mind, the thought life. And that grace can take our thoughts captive to Christ. Negative thoughts, bitter thoughts, unclean thoughts, vicious thoughts, depressed thoughts, paranoid thoughts, anxious thoughts, Whatever they are, Jesus walks right into our minds and says, let me put your mental house in order. Let me shed the fragrance of myself and my work all over your mind. And I believe this verse is not so much about picking the right things to read or whatever. It's about leading ourselves, as Pastor Patrick put it, leading our minds, leading it to the grace of God. And allowing that joy of the Lord and all that he has done to infuse every aspect of our being. And as we grow in him, as Pastor Nick was reminding us at the weekend, it's about Christ in us. But that wonderful reality is that this can go right into our thought life. And instead of living in a kind of a damp, gloomy, negative, expecting the worst, offended, bitter, conspiracy theory view of the world as a Christian even. No. We can hand over our minds and our thoughts and all that we are and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, you've done a work. Your work you've done for me. It doesn't just cleanse my heart. It doesn't just give me the right demeanor. It doesn't just help me through my anxieties. It goes in right into the very thought life, the inner part of what I am. And can bring a sense of positivity and hope. To know as we start out the day with the joy of the Lord. Come back into our minds. All his plans are good. They're excellent. His plans, his thoughts are of good report. His ways are virtuous. He's the one who worth his praise. It's all him. He's the one who's lovely. And he can permeate that very thought life. And help us even to think about our job and about our co-workers and about our friends and about our church in an atmosphere of the grace of God. In an atmosphere of Christ. His fragrance coming into our minds. Not bringing just negative negativity and all the human things that can come, but to be taken captive to the grace of God in our minds. Hallelujah. And this is not naivety. It's the mind of faith. And it's the mind that rejoices in the Lord. Hallelujah. And just to end this then, where the Lord wants to bring us, the end goal of that starting point, rejoicing in the Lord, it, 
It's, it's a wonderful place to be in. He speaks about it in verse 11, 12, and 13. He says, I've learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. I know both how to be abased, as in low. I know how to abound. I know how to be high. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full, to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Oh, what a place for us to be moving into by his grace. Strengtheneth me. The joy of the Lord, its end result in a life is strength. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Bless the Lord. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.